Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 13 called The Day of the Lord is Near. Go back to Isaiah 2. Isaiah 2. Look at verse 10. Isaiah 2.10 says these words. Enter the rock and hide in the dust. Isaiah 2.10. From the terror of the Lord and from the splendor of his majesty. The proud look of man will be abased. The loftiness of man will be humbled. And the Lord alone will be exalted, notice, in that day. For the Lord of hosts, Isaiah 2.12, will have a day of reckoning against everyone who is, notice how many times pride is repeated, proud and lofty, and against everyone who is lifted up, that he may be abased. And it will be against the cedars of Lebanon, these were the most well-known, beautiful trees that are lofty and lifted up, against all the oaks of Bashan. You think of an oak tree as one of the strongest things that will never go down, you know. Against all the lofty mountains, high places, against the hills that are lifted up, against every tower, high tower, against every fortified wall. Think of the Great Wall of China or other walls that seem impenetrable. Against all the ships of Tarshish, these incredibly uh, large sailing ships, against, and against all the beautiful craft or art. Think of all that is elevated in our society, pictures of things and media today and so forth. And the pride of man will be humbled. This is the day of the Lord. The loftiness of man will be abased, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. But the idols will completely vanish, and men will go into caves of the rocks and into holes of the ground before the terror of the Lord and before the splendor of his majesty. When he arises to make the earth tremble, in that day men will cast away the moles and the bats, Their idols of silver and their idols of gold, they'll be in the caves and their idols will be meaningless, which they made for themselves to worship, in order to go into the caverns of the rocks and the clefts of the cliffs before the terror of the Lord and the splendor of his majesty when he arises to make the earth tremble. Stop regarding man, here's a good response, whose breath of life is in his nostrils, for why should he be esteemed? God is saying there is a day coming. Now, this language is reminiscent of Revelation 6. So that's the last book of the Bible. Hold a finger in Isaiah. We'll come back. Revelation chapter 6. John mentions the day of the Lord as well. Revelation 6. And after the seals have been laid out, you'll notice that the sixth seal is broken in Revelation 6, 12. And I looked when he broke the sixth seal, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth. Please remember the signs in the stars, sun, moon, and stars. The sun became black as sackcloth made of hair. The whole moon became like blood. By the way, we're being told that blood moons will be uh, part of what happens in the sky in 2014. I am not setting a date, so don't even put that in your mind. But it is interesting that in 2014, we will have a rare blood moon. I don't know if there's a connection there or not, but I'll just leave that for you. The the whole moon became like blood, 
By the way, what I just said, NASA has charted it, and it's, it's, you can see it on their website. The stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree casts its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind. The sky was split apart like a scroll. Remember, this is between the sixth and seventh seal. When it is rolled up and every mountain and island removed out of their places. Now notice what happens. And the kings of the earth, this is the book of Revelation way beyond Isaiah's time, and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave and free man hid themselves where? In the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the presence, this holy one, of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath, there's that word again, of the lamb, for the great day of their wrath. Remember I told you that the seventh seal is the wrath of God has come or is about to occur, and who is able to stand? And then you'll notice that there's some people sealed, 144,000, and then uh, there's some people that show up in heaven, and then in chapter 8, verse 1, Jesus breaks the seventh seal. There's silence in heaven for about a half an hour. That is an anticipation, sober anticipation of the day of the Lord. And by the way, that's a direct reference to Zephaniah 1.14. Now, go back to Isaiah for a moment. So you have this day of the Lord that will take place. What is the day of the Lord? Well, it's the judgment of God. When does it occur? In my view, and though this is debated, it occurs between the sixth and seventh seal. Will the church go through the day of the Lord? The answer is no. Because we have not been appointed to wrath, but to what? receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the key issue is the timing of this whole thing and when exactly the church will experience deliverance so that the day of the Lord can commence. Now, um, the last seven years of the world summing up the end of the age is called Daniel's 70th week. Sometimes that period of time is called the tribulation. Many of you have heard that term put that way. But I want to tell you tonight, I do not believe that the day of the Lord is the tribulation. Tribulation is a Greek word called flipsis. It means trouble. In the book of Acts, the word is translated persecution. And it has the idea of a heavy burden being laid on a person. Jesus said, in this world, you will have, what? Tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So tribulation is not the day of the Lord. Now think with me. If the whole seven years is the day of the Lord, the last seven years, then if there's anything that must occur before the day of the Lord commences, it has to happen prior to that last seven years or uh, prior to the rapture of the church. And let me just show you how that this is extremely important. I'll, I'll, I'll spend a few minutes here because I think it's important that you understand it. First of all, go to Malachi 4. Malachi 4. Last book of the Old Testament. Better known as? Thank you. I didn't want to say it, but with my Italian blood, I can't help it. Here you go. Malachi 4. 4. Remember the law of Moses, my servant, even the statutes and ordinance which I commanded him in Horeb for all Israel. Malachi 4.5. Behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet. What's your Bible say? 
before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. Now we know there's a dual fulfillment there because we know John the Baptist was one, in one sense, fulfillment of that. But notice it's the great and terrible day of the Lord. We believe that um, Elijah will be one of the two witnesses that show up in the book of Revelation. So if Elijah must come before the great and terrible day of the Lord, just think with me, Bible students. If the whole last seven years is the day of the Lord, then we should be looking for who? Elijah. Because he'll come before the great and terrible day of the Lord. Now go back to the book of Joel. Pass up Zechariah. Keep going. Pass up the book of Amos. Go to Joel 2. Joel 2. See if this sounds familiar to you. Joel 2. Gosh, it's all so good. Oh, let's start at verse 6. Before them the people are in anguish. Joel 2, 6. All faces turn pale. They run like mighty men. Joel 2, 7. They climb the wall like soldiers. They each march in line, nor do they deviate from their paths. They do not crowd each other. They march everyone in his path. When they burst through the defenses, they do not break ranks. They rush on the city. They run on the wall. They climb into the houses. They enter through the windows like a thief. Before them, the earth quakes. The heavens tremble. The sun and the moon grow dark. The stars lose their brightness. The Lord utters his voice before his army. Surely his camp is very great. For strong is he who carries out his word. The day of the Lord is indeed great and very awesome. And what's the Bible say? And who can endure it? Yet even now, notice the heart of the Lord. Declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. And rend your heart and not your garments. Don't do just the outside. Let me work in your heart. Now return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and relenting of evil. God doesn't want people to perish. Go to Joel 2.28. Joel 2.28. It will come about after this. This is quoted in Acts by Peter. I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And by the way, there are people in Arab countries right now who are claiming to see visions of Jesus Christ right now uh, and are getting into churches and uh, born again of the Holy Spirit. Even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will display wonders in the sky and on the earth, blood, fire, and columns of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness. Do you see a pattern here? The moon into blood. When will it happen? Before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. Bible students, just think with me. If the day of the Lord is the whole last seven years, then are you looking for signs in the stars before you believe that day can commence? If it is the whole day of the Lord, it doesn't make sense to me. Then we should be looking for these other things prior to deliverance. And it will come about that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be those who escape. And the Lord, as the Lord has says, even among the survivors whom, uh, whom the Lord calls. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Join Pastor Michael Lance for the first free Apologetic 633 event of the year. We have a special guest, Scott Klusendorf, who is coming to deal with the issue of the sanctity of life and give us good, strong arguments for the pro-life position and just the important topic of human life that we're made in the image of God. Learn how to persuasively and lovingly defend your views in the public square. And he will do this from Scripture, but also just outside the Bible, just using logical and even scientific arguments. Interact with the 633 event in his image, A Case for Life, in a post-Roe v. Wade world with guest Scott Klusendorf on January 23rd at 6.33 p.m. Pacific Time. You're welcome to come to the free event in Southern California, but if you can't, it will be live-streamed on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel, and you'll be able to interact with questions from there. That's the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel, which you can find on walkintruth.com. God bless you. Hey, keep the event in prayer, and hopefully we'll see you right here. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. The moon into blood, when will it happen? Before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. Bible students, just think with me. If the day of the Lord is the whole last seven years, then are you looking for signs in the stars before you believe that day can commence? If it is the whole day of the Lord, it doesn't make sense to me. Then we should be looking for these other things prior to deliverance. And it will come about that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be those who escape. And the Lord, as the Lord has says, even among the survivors whom... uh, whom the Lord calls. Go to Joel 3, look at verse 13. Put in the sickle, Joel Joel 3, 13, for the harvest is ripe. Come, tread, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, so many people needing to make a decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and moon do what? They grow dark. The stars lose their brightness. The Lord roars from Zion, utters his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth tremble. But the Lord is what? A refuge for his people. You see, this is good news because the Lord is going to wind up things and he will make every wrong right. He will, everybody who thinks they're getting away with something, God will judge we have hope in that, but we also want to tell people, you know what? Get right with God now. There are people tonight that are a heartbeat away from eternity and they don't even know it. And if the day of the Lord is the time of God's judgment poured out into the world for a season, imagine what hell is like. That means the day of the Lord is simply a foretaste of what? Hell. That is a radical thought. You see, you think the day of the Lord is bad. People are hiding in the rocks. They, they, they see the terror of the Lord, but imagine all eternity in a place called hell, separated from God forever under his judgment. That should cause us to be sober and vigilant in terms of how we go out and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go to the book of Matthew. Jesus repeats the same theme, Matthew 24. I want to develop so you understand the day of the Lord and the timing of this. Jesus has been talking about end times events. He's gone through 
all the seals, just like John does in Revelation 6. And Jesus then talks about great tribulation. He says these words, Matthew 24, 21. For then there will be great tribulation. There's that word thlipsis. It means trouble, pressure, persecution. Such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever shall. This will be worse trouble than the world has ever known. Now let me ask you a question. How many people died in Nazi Germany? 20 million? Six, seven million of those were Jews, but many Christians paid with their lives as well. How about under Mao Zedong, Mussolini, other uh, violent world leaders, um, Idi Amin, uh, mass execution and extermination of people. If this is the worst that the world will ever see, how could it be that only tribulation saints are going to experience this? How many people are going to be converted in the last days that will experience a trouble as the world has never seen before or never experienced? Just something to ponder. So notice what it says. It says, and unless those days had been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days shall be cut short. Literally, that means amputated. Then if anyone says to you, behold, here is the Christ. Imagine going through all this difficulty, being under the threat of persecution, and someone comes on the television or something and says, he's here, he's arrived. Here's the Christ, or there he is. Don't believe him. For false Christs and false prophets will arise, Matthew 24, 24, will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, here it is again, even the elect. Behold, I've told you in advance. If therefore they say to you when they're making these announcements, behold, Jesus is in the wilderness, the Messiah, do not go forth. Or behold, he's in the inner rooms. They might be thinking the temple here. Don't believe them. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Have you ever looked up in the sky and seen vultures up above? What do you know if vultures are circling up above a spot? There's something dead on the ground. This is a Jewish idiom that means the arrival of Jesus Christ will be as plain as the nose on your face it will be as lightning flashing from the east all the way to the west. Have you ever seen pictures of a uh, lightning-filled sky? Anybody uh, been recently to a ball game where they darken the lights and boom, 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 you see all these fireworks? You ain't seen nothing yet, baby. Because when Jesus comes, the natural lights will be turned out and all that will appear in the sky is the glory of God Almighty and his holy angels, and some even believe his saints, coming with him. And, they, and the angels are real shiny too, and there's probably billions of them. You could imagine this is going to be quite a light show. You think the world will say, you know, I think aliens stole the Christians. You know, their clothes are laying everywhere. We don't know what happened. No, they're saying hide us from the rat. They, the world knows exactly what it, it is. They don't think UFOs stole the Christians. They're not wondering what this is. They're trying to hide from the Holy One that they don't know. The Sunday school message is true. Oh, hide me. See, there's no mystery here. But immediately after the trouble of those days, tribulation, what will happen? The sun will be darkened, sixth seal. The moon will not give its light. 
The stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and all the tribes of the earth will rejoice. No, what's your Bible say? All the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see, right in your margin, Revelation 1-7, every eye will see him. The Son of Man coming on the clouds, that's not rain clouds, but clouds of glory. The clouds of the sky with power and great glory. The natural lights are out and here he comes. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet. Sound familiar? And they will gather together who? His elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. Brothers and sisters, I think what you have there is a rapture. You've been listening to The Day of the Lord is Near, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 13. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth on this station and on your podcast app. And if you'd like to watch recent messages or church services with Pastor Michael and the Living Truth congregation, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Living Truth Christian Fellowship. You can find that channel and learn more about Walk in Truth on our website, walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael. Well, a lot of people, you know, maybe you've heard about the day of the Lord or the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you've heard people say, well, they've been talking about that, you know, since uh, my, my grandma talked about that, or, you know, they've been talking about that for hundreds, thousands of years. How do we know that the day of the Lord is near? Well, frankly, we don't. <laughs> we don't know if it's near to us. Uh, it certainly has happened in embryo. I would say that there's been day of the Lord uh, judgments that have happened throughout history. And that would include uh, times in a, when Assyria and Babylon came uh, into Israel, and it would include even the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70. But Peter talks about a day of the Lord when the heavens will be destroyed and they will be burned with fire. And certainly that hasn't happened yet. And so there's a future fulfillment of the day of the Lord. It will be the day when Jesus returns in triumph and great glory, and he vanquishes his foes once for all and sets up his kingdom. And so we don't know how near it is to us, but I guess we could say we're a day closer every day. And we can certainly say that the return of Israel to the land, for many of us, we would see that as a big part of the clock. Uh, something to watch, uh, certainly, in our generation. So we don't know for sure how close it is, but we should live in light of the second coming and probably more specifically in light of our own last heartbeat when we are going to be with the Lord. We don't know when these events will occur, and we we have to be careful not to sensationalize the day of the Lord. Or, you know, there's a lot of generations that thought the second coming was going to happen in their time. So we have to be careful and biblical and make sure we're doing our homework. Uh, but in the end, uh, there will be a day of the Lord, and the Bible does teach it uh, emphatically uh, as it relates to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. What we do with our lives is really the one of the main topics here before us as we think about the judgment that came to Israel and how we are living in this day. And one of the reasons why I believe that the Lord presses his hand on nations, and we think of our nation right now as the issue of life. Uh, the number of millions of aborted babies since the Roe v. Wade decision 
is tragic and almost unthinkable. And some of it happens because of ignorance, let's face it, ignorance to the topic of life and life at the moment of conception. And we have a very special speaker coming to Living Truth Christian Fellowship at one of our 633 apologetic events. His name is Scott Klusendorf, and you can find out more about him at the Life Training Institute, ProLifeTraining.com. And Scott is a very articulate speaker on this topic of life and how to defend it, not just from the Bible, but from logic and science. And so Scott does a great job. ProLifeTraining.com is the website, Life Training Institute. And uh, he's coming to Living Truth Christian Fellowship on January 23rd, Sanctity of Life Sunday, for both morning services and a training in the evening with a Q&A. And this is happening at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning, and 6.30 p.m., or 6.33 more specifically, Sunday evening, January the 23rd. You don't want to miss it. You can get driving directions at walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab, walkintruth.com. This will also live stream if you're out of the area on our YouTube channel, Living Truth Christian Fellowship. But if you can be here, bring a friend. Uh, I know you will benefit from this evening. Scott is uh, does a great job with this topic. And it's happening January 23rd at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. Well, keep it in prayer. We hope to see you here and we'll see you tomorrow for more on the book of Isaiah. God bless you. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 13 called The Day of the Lord is Near. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.